0: Sometimes we have to look out for other people, even if those people that you're looking out for don't necessarily even want you to look out for them. I'm going to be talking about that plus the buddy system and being, I'm going to call it a secret survivor instead of a secret Santa, as you help people through these hard times. I'm going to talk about that and more on today's version of Truth to Ponder. This is Truth to Ponder. With Bob Bierman. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. This is Jim Calhoun sitting in for Bob Beerman today. And today I want to talk about something that I think needs to be said. Right now, times are getting hard, money's tight. We're coming up on the holiday season, and a lot of people won't have money for gifts. They won't have money for travel. And who knows what the world situation is going to be like, whether people are going to want to travel or not. Who knows? And it's a hard time of year for a lot of people. And many people have to take all of their money and put it into heating their home and just putting food on the table. And so I think that what we need to do, as listeners of Truth to Ponder, I think we need to understand that we have a job to do. And that's to look out for our fellow man. If we see a need, we need to fill it. Simple as that. Seems like we make life so complicated that all we do is look at problems and try to analyze them. We should look at problems and solve them. We don't have to sit there and analyze and play that what-if game with everything that comes on. Sometimes things are just that simple. In my show, I talk about prepping quite a bit, and so I'm going to bring that into this episode of Truth to Ponder as well. Sometimes when you tell people you're prepping, they roll their eyes and shake their head. They may be thinking, what a idiot. Why would you do that? There's an awful lot of people that don't understand the hard times we live in. And they don't understand that if the food runs out, it runs out. That includes the food banks and the stores, everything. If the, store, if the shelves are empty, they're empty. And that is not the time to start prepping is when the shelves are empty. You always prep when the shelves are full, or relatively full, as they are now. But what about those that you really dearly care about that roll their eyes and walk away and say, nah, nothing's going to happen? What about them? Just because they make a bad choice, in your opinion, or in my opinion, of not prepping, doesn't mean they have to be a statistic. And years ago, there were groups that Got together and became what they called secret Santas, where they'd find a deserving family or a person and they would secretly buy them Christmas gifts and leave them without letting the person know who actually gave them the gift. And I think that we need to use that same concept if you have people in your family or in your life maybe it's a neighbor, maybe it's a loved one, son or a daughter if those people are not prepping, if they're not looking out for themselves. And you happen to be fully prepped, which would be good if you were. But even if you're not fully prepped, if you're prepped enough that you're going to be among the survivors, well, maybe you need to start prepping for them and not tell them. You don't have to give them the goods at all. Just prep for them. And then if things get really bad and the food disappears off the shelf, you can show up and be a blessing and have a whole pantry full of food just for them. And we need to look out for each other on this planet. And I know I've told this story uh, several months ago. I'm going to tell it again, just a short version. When I was about 14 years old, of course, around here, when you're in ranch country and you're fixing fence, 14-year-old boys drive up and down the highway all the time to the fields to fix the fence. And I was about 40 miles from the house, had a pasture that I was doing the fence, And we had a neighbor who was in his 90s, and it was a real hot day, and I was pretty well wore out from fixing fence, and I had to head by that section of fence, and I looked up, and here's old Clarence Pinkerton, and he's out there leaning on a pair of post hole diggers. And Clarence was in his 90s, and his circulation was so bad in his feet that his feet were actually beat red, dark beat red. I think that... They probably needed to be amputated. They were really in bad shape. And I drove up. I said, Clarence, what are you doing out here in the sun? And he said, oh, no one's going to fix this blame fence, so I guess I have to. And I said, Clarence, why don't you go sit down in the shade there of your truck, and I'll fix your fence for you. And so I took an extra couple hours, and I dug the post holes and fixed the fence. And He thanked me for it, and then he looked at me, and he said, Son, the good Lord put us on this planet for one reason, and that's to help each other. Don't you ever forget it. And I told Clarence, no, I'm not going to forget that, Clarence. And I never have forgot that. And that encounter is now about 45 years ago. And I still live by that creed of that day where Clarence told me that the good Lord put us here to watch out for each other. And I truly feel that that's very solid wisdom. And Clarence was a good man, and I really do miss him and all the others as I was growing up, all these old characters that lived up in the hills. They were good people. They had really good morals, and they had just a good value system. And I'm glad that I was able to catch some of that value system as I was growing up. And so I'm going to tell you, the listener, the reason we're here, the reason God has us here right now is so we can help each other. And I think that we're going to have to help each other because the government's not going to help you. And all these organizations, whether it be church organizations or social organizations or fraternal organizations or what have you, that's not really, I don't think that's really going to be an option because, first of all, if we have a very bad catastrophe they're just going to be overwhelmed and you might have a food pantry that has enough food for a hundred people and a thousand people will show up and that food for the hundred people is just going to dry up and in today's climate who knows what kind of civil unrest is going to happen in a place like that and so I think it's really important that we take stock of just what we have and how prepared we are And we need to find someone who is deserving that you think that would be a person that you should be prepping for. And that goes for food and advice or anything you want to give somebody. I think that would be a good plan that we don't limit what we're willing to store up and provide. Sometimes it's going to be a smile or a pat on the back or an acknowledgement of that person's humanity. We're living in such an inhumane world right now, and we have man's inhumanity to man on display 24 hours a day. All you got to do is turn on the news, look at what's going on in Israel, look at what's going on in Ukraine and all over the world. But we need to have this attitude that we're here for a reason, and that reason isn't just to suck up oxygen and take up space. There's got to be more to life than that, than just existing. And unfortunately, we have way too many people existing right now and not truly living. It used to be back years ago, you had a spirit of community. The communities would roll up their sleeves and conquer anything, whether it be putting up a new building in town or even delivering children. If you had a small town and no doctor, and you had someone that was giving birth, that was having trouble, all the older women in town who had given birth would be right there. And it's unimaginable as far as the number of people who have been born in this world through the ages that did not have a hospital, did not have any assistance of any kind other than just neighbors and friends, maybe close family. And that goes that way for everything, whether, you know, from the time you're born. And there never used to be public schools. The children were taught everything that they needed to know by their parents and also friends and family and the community. And it used to be that communities were kind of like a loose-knit family. And you could have someone that you really didn't care for in town. Let's say it's the town bully or the town drunk or whatever you want to call this person. But if someone came from out of town and was bothering that person that maybe was not the most desirable person in town, well, guess what? Everyone in that town would rally around their person that was theirs. Even if it was an undesirable person in their town, they would still rally to that person and defend that person. And that spirit that used to be prevalent everywhere is gone And this is kind of a strange analogy. It works for me. I hope it does for you. But I'm old enough to remember every town used to be individual. When you went to a town, you didn't know what kind of restaurants they had. You didn't know what kind of motels they had. You didn't. As a traveler, you just had to experience something new. And you would drive into a town, and maybe you'd have to ask around where would be the best place to eat or the best place to stay and you had all these different kinds of buildings and different kinds of restaurants and recipes, and it was quite a world of, I would say, just choice. You had all sorts of variety and choices, and now you go from one town to another, and you see the same fast food restaurants. You see the same motel chains. You know, you might eat at big hamburger place, In one town, you drive to the next town, and they have another big hamburger place. It's the same chain. And you can have the same meal that would taste exactly the same, let's say, in Omaha. And you could drive to Denver, and you could have the same meal. In the same day, you can have two meals that would taste exactly the same, and you'd pay the same for it. And the decor would be the same, and possibly even the people serving you the food would have the same uniforms on. And you can cross the country and stay at some big chain motel and just stay at that same big chain motel and have the same type of lobby, the same type of rooms, the same kind of pictures on the wall, the same color of walls. That's the world we live in. No variety whatsoever. What I'm trying to say is the sense of a community being a unique thing unto themselves is gone because there are no unique communities unto themselves. Sure, you have a few holdover restaurants that are not chain restaurants that are unique to that town, but that's not the norm anymore. That's the exception. And so when you go to a small town that's too small for corporate America to come in and basically take it over, well, you still have that variety and you still have that sense of this town is our town. There's nothing like our town. It's unique. And that's why small towns generally have people that help each other more than the larger towns. It really doesn't have anything to do with the amount of people. It has everything to do with the perception that they're a unique place, that they live in a very important place to them. And it took the whole community to build that whole society in which you live. I hope I'm making sense. But what I'm trying to get across is that we're losing that ability to come together. We're losing the ability and also the the desire to reach out in our community because our communities are special and they are unique. But we don't see that anymore. And the younger generations that are growing up, they don't remember anything but corporate America. That's all they know. And that's kind of sad because they missed out on just having a total variety of things that they could have enjoyed. And how that fits into this episode is that I think everything's interconnected. I think that we need to discover what makes us unique, what makes our communities unique. We need to plug into where we live, and part of plugging into where we live is being willing to roll up our sleeves and help our neighbors and help our fellow man. We just need to be able to do that. Unfortunately, we live in a time where we not only don't know our neighbor, we don't want to know our neighbor. And the days of having someone show up with a bag of apples or maybe a chocolate cake or something and welcome and having a big welcome to the neighborhood type of an event, who does that anymore? I've only seen that happen one time in my whole life. It used to be every town had what they called a welcome wagon. I don't know if anyone out there that's young enough that's listening has ever even heard of the welcome wagon. But the welcome wagon was a group of people that volunteered to visit every new person that moved into their town. They would show up with a phone book and directions to everything that they would need to have directions to. Maybe a coupon book that gave them a discount to all the businesses in town. They'd give them a basket of fruit. They'd give them maybe a cake or a pie, and they'd invite them to any event that was going to be there and try to introduce them around. And it really made people feel like they were welcome, like they were coming home the first time that they stepped into their new house. And those days are just gone. And I know I'm really sounding old here. I guess I am getting old, but I really miss that. And I think that this whole spirit that used to engulf the world is it's on life support if it's still alive it's not much and I really miss Paul Harvey Paul Harvey news was the highlight of my day and it didn't matter what I was doing I would always make sure that at noon when Paul Harvey came on for his segment of the news I always made sure that I was close to my pickup truck so I could turn on the radio And listen to Paul Harvey. And one thing that made Paul Harvey so special is that Paul Harvey did talk about unity. He did talk about small-town America. He did talk about man helping man. He did talk about all of these issues. And he didn't just report bad news. He told you good news. One of the favorite parts of his news is that every day he would mention the longest marriage in the country. And a lot of the people have been married 60, 70. I remember one couple was married over 80 years. And he always called them the national champion lovers of the day. And we don't live in that world anymore. We just don't. But that doesn't mean that we personally have to let that die. It just means that we just have to roll up our sleeves and do something about it. And going back to the advice I got from Clarence Pinkerton, we're put on this earth to help each other. And we shouldn't forget that. And I think as a society we either never knew that or we have forgotten it. So, I think it's time for all of us to just take stock of who we are and take stock of our own humanity and look at things in a positive light, not the negative. I know lots of episodes I'm extremely negative and I don't try to be. I'm just trying to put things out as they are, and I could be talking about the genocide happening in Israel, I could be talking about the corruption in Ukraine and all the billions of dollars we're throwing down the rat hole while we have people living on the streets in this country. I can go down that route, but I don't want to today. I want to talk about something that we can actually get a handle on. We can actually grab into this and practice this. And you might ask, well, do you practice what you preach? Well, I always tell you the truth on this show, and sometimes I don't. Sometimes it seems that I am too busy. I get too engulfed in how far behind I am in my work, and I don't take that extra minute or that extra five minutes or I don't go that extra mile for someone that really needs me to do that. And I very rarely catch myself until it's a day or two later, and then I say, wow, I blew it. And so, yeah, it's not that easy to do, and it has to be kind of an acquired skill. And although I try my best, I still fail at this, but that doesn't mean I'm going to give up. It just means that I need to work a little harder at it. And if these ideas are foreign to you, and you haven't ever practiced any of this type of kindness or helping other people, well, it's time you started taking baby steps and learning how to do that. I'm a firm believer that we are put on this earth for a reason, and maybe that reason is a smile to someone when that person really needed that smile. Maybe that's why you were put here on this earth, is that there was someone that is going to do something extremely important, needed that little smile or that encouragement at that time, because they were at a critical point in their life. We really don't know why we're here, but we are here for a purpose. And so we have to live a purposeful type life. And again, I fail at that too, but I do try. I do try my hardest. But that doesn't mean that I can't try harder, and that I must do. And anyone who's listened to me at all knows that I'm all about the kids. And what we're teaching our children in this modern dog-eat-dog-rat-race world is not going to serve us well as we get older, as these children grow up and take over this planet. They're not going to have near the foundation that I would have, and I don't have near the foundation that the generation before me was brought up with. And I know my children don't have the foundation that I grew up with, and I think we've been regressing. All you have to do is look at how everybody prioritizes their life. People need to look at life as a long-term arrangement, that they're going to be here a while, and they can either make it easier on themselves or harder on themselves. And A lot of people don't see that, and there again, that's why I think that we need to choose someone that is deserving, that maybe isn't thinking right, isn't prepping, or isn't thinking that anything bad could ever happen. And that's where people get hurt the most is when they don't think that anything can happen. I would imagine that I would be correct in guessing that when the Titanic hit the iceberg and someone said the ship is sinking, you had an awful lot of people on that boat that said, this ship can't sink, it's unsinkable because that's what they called that ship when they built it. And they promoted that as the world's safest ship. Never even crossed the Atlantic one time. Went to the bottom of the sea. It was the biggest tragedy that had happened up to that time in the world. It was horrible. And to this day, it's horrible to read the accounts of those poor people. But they didn't even have enough lifeboats on this Titanic to save the people. And the people who were supposedly trained to man lifeboats and to load them with people, were untrained. Why? Because nothing could happen to the Titanic. It won't sink. It's unsinkable. So we have people today walking around that say, oh, nothing bad could happen because we're the United States of America. We'll always prevail. There's never going to be anything horrible here because we've never had to live through anything horrible here. And that's, in my opinion, when we're at our weakest, is when we're not prepared. What if the Titanic had finished their bulkheads instead of going three quarters of the way up. What if they would have added that extra several thousand dollars, I don't know, in nineteen twelve money or nineteen ten when it was built, nineteen eleven. I don't know the cost of steel, but I would imagine for an extra ten to a hundred thousand or maybe five hundred thousand, they could have added that extra steel and made each compartment truly airtight. But they didn't do that. They went about three-fourths of the way up. So when one filled, it would simply spill over the top and start filling the next one. And maybe if these people weren't so overconfident, they would have had enough lifeboats to help save everybody. And so that's kind of what I'm getting at here. We're living in a society that's very vulnerable to having something happen to where people are going to panic. They're not going to understand what's hit them. They're going to think, wow, what is this? They're going to run to the food pantry, it'll be empty. They'll run to the store, it'll be empty. They'll see people that are doing, I'm just going to say, evil things to each other to get their food. And if you see that, well, that's not the time to say, oh boy, I better, I better get ready for something. Something's happening here. And I'm telling you right now that there is something happening worldwide, and it does involve the United States, definitely. Because we're heavily involved with troops and all sorts of military activity all over the country all over the world and we're just one idiotic moment. All it's going to take is one idiot to shoot a gun at the wrong person or to set off a bomb at the wrong place to start a massive war and what's that going to do to us? put us into a draft, put us into rationing, put us into food shortages, put us into hyperinflation and there are people that aren't going to be ready for that and so again i think we need to choose wisely but choose someone and be a secret benefactor and in that way you're helping not only yourself but your community and if nothing happens well you can always donate this to a food bank later on so it's going to be a win-win for everyone And on the second half, I'm going to be changing the subject a little bit. But before I get into the second half, I would ask that you would consider donating to Truth to Ponder. That's what keeps the show on the air. It's very easy to do. Go to the website, which is truth2ponder.com. Click on the support tab and then follow the links to guide you through how to electronically support this program. Or you could be old school and send it in by mail send in a check or money order you'd write the checkout to ancient word radio you'd mail to truth to ponder p.o box 510 p.o box 510 chill howie c-h-i-l-h-o-w-i-e chill howie virginia and the zip code is 24319
1: this is truth to ponder with Bob Beerman. Kefa's finish coming up. Shalom alechem. This is Jonathan Kahn, the nice Jewish boy, your Jewish connection, bring you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. kefa or we know him as Peter. He messed up a lot. He messed up in pride and arrogance and fear, messed up in caring what people thought about him. He messed up a lot. He had enough notable lapses to finish up other walks, but what was so great about him is he kept going. He persevered. In some, in some movies, you see Peter going through Crisis, feeling inadequate in light of Paul, and having, we have no record of that. But there is a silence. The spotlight's away from him for a long time. But Peter never let the past hold him down. And because of that, he finished in the race in a blaze of glory. The life of Kepha, Peter, teaches us that it's not how you start it's how you finish doesn't matter how messed up your life has been doesn't matter at all it's how you finish doesn't matter how messed up your walk has been or how many times you messed up or compromised or failed god or just how weak or bland or dull it's been it's how you finish that counts you may have started great but then fell off you lost valuable time and you compromised you got distracted you you became distant from god doesn't matter doesn't matter it's how you finished it's how you finished that's it as long as you have time left on earth You've got time and power to live victoriously and finish gloriously. So be like Peter, my friend. Be like Paul, who said, this I do. Forgetting what lies behind, I press on, onward to the upward call and the prize that waits for me. Stop focusing on the start. Start focusing on the finish. Because in the end, it's the end that matters. Go for it. And like Peter, you'll cross the finish line in a blaze of glory. Want more? Ask for Kepha. That's his real name on C D. Now imagine being plugged into a special line, let you know future events, news behind the news, biblical prophecy updates on Israel, what you need to know as an end-time believer. Plus teachings and strength for every day of the week and the incredible mystery of the temple doors on CD, all free. How do you get your free gifts? Well, just remember Yeshua, the real name of Jesus, and you dial it. To receive your free gifts, just call 1 800 Yeshua1. You will be blessed, but call now. That's 1 800 Y E S H U A 1. Now, I invite you to join me in reaching the unreached peoples of this earth in the most incredible way from Moscow to Madagascar to Jerusalem. Amazing. The farthest way you can ever spread the gospel, your life can impact this world through Shortwave Radio. It's amazing. Just call 1 800 Yeshua1. That's Y E S H U A 1. Or write me direct. Here's how. It's right to the Nice Jewish Boy at box 1111 in Lodi, L O D I, New Jersey, 07644. It's a Nice Jewish Boy, box 1111 in Lodi, L O D I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, finish the race, my friend. Shalom Alechem. Peace be to you and Messiah. Ro Echatov, the Good Shepherd
0: is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Welcome to the second half of Truth to Ponder. This is Jim Calhoun sitting in for Bob Bierman today. And Bob will be back with another great episode of Truth to Ponder tomorrow. And speaking of Bob Bierman, and speaking of helping people and standing the gap, I do appreciate all the prayers for Bob Bierman as he recovers from his recent surgery. And that's another thing that we can really do to help each other is simply pray for each other we can be there physically for each other but how about spiritually I really think that's very important and I know Bob appreciates all the well wishes and all the prayers and so I just want to say thank you and please continue I think that's very important well as I was trying to figure out the second half of the show of how I really wanted the show to go, it hit me that the world events are so crazy right now that I would be remiss not to at least comment on some of the things that I'm seeing. And also, I want to speculate. I know this is truth to ponder, not speculation to ponder, but I'm going to let you know when I am speculating, when it's just my opinion, I'll let you know that. But I'm going to speculate what's going to happen in Asia. It seems like we have almost all of our attention is towards Israel right now. And what isn't at Israel is at Ukraine. And I think that China and North Korea are building huge inventories of all sorts of nuclear and non-nuclear weapons. And on a daily basis, China encroaches on Taiwan's airspace And like I said in the first half of the show, all it's going to take is one idiot to do something really stupid to get the whole world engulfed into just a hellish war. And if you don't think that the dictator of North Korea is capable of doing something really stupid, well, then I think you need to really check your intelligence there because he's insane. And I don't think his sister is much better Who knows about the Chinese? The Chinese are, I think, really good at having a poker face. You really can't tell what they're thinking or what they want to do. But I speculate that while we're putting all of our resources, both personnel and money and material, towards the Middle East and towards Ukraine, it can't help but weaken us in the Pacific. And when the time is right... I do feel that China, along with North Korea, will strike. Again, that's just my opinion. But if you think they're just going to strike and take Taiwan and be content with that, I think that you're mistaken. Since the late 1930s, and even before actually, Korea was brutalized by Japan. Their women were stolen all through the late 1930s, all the way through World War II, and sold into slavery, and were used as basically sex slaves for the Japanese army. Their men were killed, their children were brutalized, and a lot of people in Korea don't have any use for the Japanese whatsoever to this day. And if North Korea has a chance to, quote-unquote, get even with Japan, they're definitely going to do it. And, of course, we have so many military bases in Guam and the Marianas Islands region and the Philippines, that whole region. I think that they're all ripe for some sort of military action against them. And so if things pop off in Asia, it's not just going to be Taiwan. It's going to be Taiwan, Japan, the Philippines, the Marianas. Who knows how far it will go? Now, am I spreading alarm here? Well, I consider myself a watchman at the wall, and so I'm not sounding the alarm that that's happening or going to happen, but I think we need to have someone out here that's sounding the alarm that there's a possibility that'll happen, and I'm not comparing myself to the great Billy Mitchell, and if you don't know who Billy Mitchell was, I'll just kind of give you a brief story here about Billy Mitchell. He was either our leading World War I ace or one of, but he was one of our air heroes in the First World War. And sometime in the 1920s, and I believe it was 1925, but it was in that region about a 100 years ago, a little less than a 100 years ago, Billy Mitchell came out and said that the United States was vulnerable to a Japanese attack of the Pacific Fleet in Pearl Harbor. And he went on to explain how Airplanes that had torpedoes and other kind of bombs could come in and destroy a fleet. And Billy Mitchell came out and testified to that. I don't know if it was a military court or Congress. I don't know exactly the context of where he delivered his opinions. But Billy Mitchell was so roundly criticized, he was actually kicked out of the United States Army. Of course, it was an Army Air Corps at that time, and he was stripped of his rank And just because he was warning people what was going to happen. And after he died, they reinstated his rank, and I think they gave his family some of his back pay and some of the benefits. But Billy Mitchell died a very broken man because he dared come out and say what he saw was going to happen. He tried to warn everyone. And I'm not saying I'm Billy Mitchell because... Billy Mitchell was dead on right. Everything he said was going to happen did happen. And I just hope that everything that I might see happening, I hope I'm wrong. Very much so. But I think that if you let the genie out of the bottle, it's out. Or if you like this example, if you open Pandora's box, you can't close it. And I think if China has ever stormed Taiwan, I think they're going after much, much more territory. Because they can. Because where's all of our carrier groups? They're in the Persian Gulf and they're in the Mediterranean. And NATO, which really shouldn't have anything to do with Asia, all of NATO's finest ships are positioned in the North Sea and in areas where they can help NATO as they try to contain Russia. And so I really don't think that we have a prayer of saving anything in the pacific region i really don't so we have that looming over us and how does that fit in with the first part of the show well it fits in because i think hard times are going to hit us here and i'm just giving you some reasons why i think hard times are coming but if nothing happens in asia if everything cools off which i hope it does i don't see that happening but i do very much hope and pray that it does not happen I hope that everything cools down. You now have Russia's Navy converging into the Mediterranean to host firing drills to practice I don't know what they're going to be shooting at, but they're sending several of their warships right next to our warships. We're right south of Cyprus, and the Russians are just east of Cyprus. And don't forget that the Turkish Navy just moved a hundred ships, yes, a hundred. Ships, move them into the Mediterranean. You have the Italian Navy that's building up their Navy and sending it out. You have other NATO ships. You have some ships from Spain. And, of course, England has some of their warships. And it's the largest flotilla of warships in the history of the world is now in the Mediterranean. That includes World War II. And again, I say all it's going to take is one idiot to send out a drone or fire a shot or send out a missile. And what happens if things get electronically jammed and then someone sends a message that can't be distinguished as being a fake phony message to where they tell the submarines to launch or the aircraft carriers to deploy their planes. We're living in a world of such technology that if someone can hack a computer and go in, they can change orders, they can change logistics, they can change everything. And like I say, it's all it's going to take is just one incident, and then things are going to go the wrong direction. And we have a lot of wild cards, which Turkey is probably the biggest one. But I'd also have to say that Egypt is also... A huge wild card. So far, they're sticking with the influence of the United States, but that's just the government. The people of Egypt, and there's a lot of them, are definitely siding against the United States and the Western world. And Saudi Arabia, same way. The people are not for the United States and are not for what we're doing as far as helping Israel. The king of Saudi Arabia, In the royal family, they're definitely on the side of the United States, but we are talking about people that follow Islam, and I would really think that if the rank-and-file soldiers who are Islamic, I think they will follow an order for jihad over an order from their commanding general. I really do. And so who knows how long these pro-Western governments are going to be in place. And again, this is my speculation, but I think that within the next year, within the year, I think we're going to see massive changes in governments all through the Middle East. And as far as Israel, I do know that Israel is taking an awful lot of criticism over their handling of the Gaza Strip, and I'm one of them. I know that people say that Israel are the chosen people of God and so forth, and I don't believe that for a second. Israel is a country just like any other. and The Israel that the Bible talks about is a tribe. It's a people. It's not a nation with boundaries. And what these people who are controlling Israel, the country of Israel, what they're doing, the genocide they're doing is atrocious, and I do hope they're brought to justice. And that doesn't diminish the horrible actions that, Hamas did towards the Israeli people who were innocent people. But as I've stated before, I'm going to state it again, two wrongs do not make a right. And just because one side goes in and commits horrible atrocities doesn't mean that the other side just has an open season on the other people because they're killing small children, they're killing old people, they're killing babies, they're killing everyone. And the reports I've been reading are the areas that they've been hitting with the heaviest bombs, and they're using like 2,000-pound bombs on hospitals and residences, and they're not bombing military-type targets. They're bombing the people. That there are a lot of places in the Gaza Strip that you can't even walk without stepping on somebody's body part. And we have people in this country that are cheering that, saying, yeah, go get them, Israel. Well, in this case, I'd have to say... Israel needs to stop. It needs to be stopped. And if it isn't stopped by the West, and I think the United States should be instrumental in stopping this, but of course they won't, then, as I've been saying, all it's going to take is one idiot to do something stupid. Well, all it's going to take is for Israel to continue what they're doing, and that's idiotic and very stupid. You're going to have countries that feel they have no choice but to step in and stop it. And those countries will be Iran and Iraq, possibly Jordan, because Jordan is now starting to sour on Israel. And, of course, we're talking Syria and Turkey and possibly the entire northern part of Africa because they're all Muslim and they're going to stand up for their own people. And as I talked in the first part of the show, it used to be people would stand up for people in their own hometown. Well, the Islamic culture, other than the Sunnis and the Shiites, don't really see eye to eye. and You have factions within Islam that aren't really unified. But at the end of the day, if they're coming against what they would call the infidels, which would be us, I think they will band together. And so we have an awful lot of issues that are stemming from Washington, D.C. that need to be addressed. And we have person after person who is just cheering on war and bloodshed that's in our government. And you have war hawks, or I would call them chicken hawks, like Lindsey Graham. And, yeah, I pick on Lindsey Graham quite a bit when I come on Truth to Ponder because he's despicable. I despise that man. I think he's evil. I think everything he stands for is evil. And I think he's an insider's insider. I doubt if they could ever vote him out, just like Senator Feinstein in California. She had to die before they could replace her. And there's quite a few Republicans who have outlived their usefulness, but they hung on until they almost were dead before they would give up their seat. And the corruption in Washington is just rampant. And so... If I would assess the situation of the world, I'd say critical. Matter of fact, beyond critical, which puts me back to the first half of the show. If things are indeed as critical as I think they are, and I did get a letter of someone who said that they listened to me on my show and also Truth to Ponder, and he said, I doubt if things get quite as bad as what you think they're going to get. And to that, I say, I hope you're right, and I hope I'm wrong. Definitely. I hope things don't go as bad as I think they're going to go. But if you've ever watched someone set up a bunch of dominoes and hit a domino and just watch all of them fall in succession, well, I see the same thing's going to happen. That's why I say it's going to take one person to do something stupid. And then all of a sudden, the dominoes are going to start falling. And when that happens, just the inertia of the attitude of the world right now is going to fuel that fire, and things are going to be unquenchable or unstoppable. And if that truly does happen, then we are going to enter into something that would be the equivalent of the Great Depression meets World War I and World War II combined. And I think it's even going to be worse than that. And I talk about man's inhumanity to man, and that's on full display every day from road rage to this young teenage girl in Gordon, Nebraska, that slit the throat of her newborn child and put that child into a dog food bag. It's just what people are doing right now is just so heinous, and it's worldwide people don't really realize just how much evil has been unleashed on this world. And it's everywhere. And it seems like it's on parade and people are either proud of it or they don't try to hide it anymore. Just look at the corruption in Washington. And just like illegitimate Joe Biden when he was bragging before the election that he got a prosecutor in Ukraine fired because he was investigating his son. And he openly was bragging about it, and you had lawmakers that know that that was illegal, what he did. They know it was improper. They laughed about it. They thought it was funny. Almost every episode I mention our corrupt judicial system, and that's just another example. I don't know how many tiers of justice we have, but it's at least two, possibly three or four. But we've always had a justice system that's been broken. I remember, as a teenage boy, I know I was probably 16 when this happened, that one of the judges here in town needed his lot mowed, and we had a tractor with a sickle mower, and he hired us to go out and mow his property, which was 10 acres of ground. And so we went out and mowed his property, and this judge was well aware of the age of me and my companions. And he came out and paid us and thanked us, and also he gave us a six-pack of beer. And he knew we were underage, but yet a judge who probably sentenced other kids to minor in possession and other things like that actively was contributing to the delinquency of of us kids. Got to call it like it was. Now, did we take the beer? Well, a 15-year-old boy gets a six-pack of beer from a judge and a pat on the back and Money for Moen. Uh yeah, we drank the beer. Matter of fact, he drank the beer with us. And there's always been just this odd, strange judicial system that we've had that is punitive towards some people, and they turn and look the other way for other people. Another thing that's happened here in this area, and it happened in this county, which is in west-central Nebraska, There were two police officers who were not on duty, but they decided to go out and do some illegal drugs and drink some beer and drink some whiskey. And they went out driving out in the countryside, and they had a horrible car wreck. And I believe there were three officers that were off duty who were partaking in these illegal drugs and so forth. And one of them got killed. And the sheriff's department was called out to investigate the accident because it happened on a county road. And the sheriff's deputies came in and sized up everything. And when they offered the evidence at the trial that they had for misconduct and also driving while intoxicated, and, you know, there was a death here that happened in this, and the judge dismissed all the charges of driving while intoxicated and said, These people lost a friend. I think that's punishment enough. But I know that if you or me was out doing illegal drugs and we had a fatal car accident, I know that the judge would not be so kind. And so, yes, the judicial system is corrupt here and everywhere else. And there again, that's where I'm saying we can't count on our government. We can't count on any help that's going to come our way. Therefore, we have to help ourselves, and again, going to the first part of the show, we need to help others who we deem as worthy. And if you don't know who that person might be, we'll pray about it. And it seems that every show that I do for Truth to Ponder always ends with prayer. I know that I got a letter the other day from a person who was trying to expound on some of the things I was talking about, and didn't quite say this, but reading between the lines was telling me that that I always had the simple answer of prayer. And while I would agree with a lot of times I do come up with that solution, I ask anyone out there, what is a better solution than contacting our Heavenly Father? What is stronger than that? Calling City Hall? Sending a letter to your governor or senator? having a private audience with the king, having lunch with the pope. What is stronger than a direct communication with your creator? Nothing. And so everything has to be done with prayer. And that includes, as we think about the corruption and the evil and the wars and all the bad things that are happening, we need to pray against it. We need to stand firm. And standing firm is something we need to do for ourselves and for each other. We need to do that for our faith. We need to stand firm for our God. We need to stand firm for our family and our friends and our community. And we have to stand firm for ourselves. Right now, the world would have us believe that we're insignificant, that we're just nothing. We're like grains of sand on the beach. We don't matter. We're on a third-rate planet, circling a third-rate sun, and we're just spinning out of control going who knows where. We're just people adrift, adrift in a place called nowhere going nowhere. Well, I'm here to tell you today that that's wrong. God put us here because this is our home. He put us here for a reason. And we're not insignificant. He knows every hair on our head. And we may have to pray for the reason to get the answer to why we're here, but rest assured we're not just here by chance. We're not just flying out in the middle of space, going hundreds of thousands of miles an hour, going nowhere, coming from nowhere, living nowhere, being nobody, and nothing. That's what the world wants you to think of yourself. And I'm here to tell you that that's a lie. None of the above is true. We are put here for a reason, and maybe it's just to help others. Maybe it's an encouraging word. Maybe it's that smile that someone needs at a desperate time. Maybe it's a handshake. Maybe it's a handout. Whatever it is, we need to be here to do our part. Well, I always appreciate my time on Truth to Ponder, and I hope that I've made sense today. I've tried to tie things together as well as I can and I want this to be a positive show. I think that the whole ministry that Bob Beerman has is totally positive and totally needed. But we also have to have watchmen on the wall. And the watchman on the wall can't see the cloud of dust coming, knowing that it's an enemy coming to try to storm our walls. We can't say, Well, there must be a dust cloud out there, nothing wrong, folks. We can't do that and be watchman. As a watchman, we have to say there's a dust cloud out there and it must mean something is coming. We must prepare. And so that's the spirit in which I bring truth to ponder. As I want to be the watchman on the wall telling you to prepare, telling you to mentally, physically, spiritually, financially, emotionally, every way you can prepare, you need to prepare. And once you're prepared, Try to help others. And once again, even if they don't want your help, well, you can help them in private without them even knowing. You can start another stash of food or maybe some money or whatever you want to help these people out with or this person out with. Just go ahead and do it. Every day, I think that we need to pass on God's blessing because every day that I take a breath on this world. I know that I'm blessed. And so I try to pass on a blessing every day if I can. Some days it's real hard. Sometimes I have a very hard, rough day. I don't feel good. Everything fights me. I'm not in a good frame of mind. I get a little grumpy. Maybe I haven't eaten all day because I had a breakdown that I couldn't take time out to even eat. Those things do happen, but... Even in days like that, I try to bless someone. I try to be a blessing. And some days I fail, but most days I don't. I take my job as a watchman very seriously, and I take my job that I feel God has put me on this planet to be an encourager. I think that's my job. I also think I'm a watchman, but I think I'm here to encourage. And I want to encourage all of our listeners to truth to ponder to Be brave and take heart. Know that Jesus died for you and the blood of Jesus has more strength in it than Satan could possibly muster up in a million eternities. We have the power. We have the power of the blood of Jesus. We have an Almighty Father that loves us and cares for us. We have so many things going our way. We need to live a very rejoiceful life we need to live a very full and happy life, even though the world wants us sad or depressed or worse. We need to come against that on a daily basis. I'd like to thank Bob Bearman for allowing me to come speak to his great audience. I really do appreciate that. And I appreciate Bob Behrman helping me with my show. And Bob Bearman has been instrumental in helping me out. And I can't say thank you enough to Bob Bierman. And also to all of you who write or send me an email. I do appreciate that. And I respond to all the emails. And a lot of the regular mail that I get by postal service, I have to just respond on the air. And I want to thank you for helping me to be part of the Truth to Ponder radio family. I really do appreciate that. I come to you Every Wednesday when I help Bob Bierman, and I'm really happy that I'm able to do that. And just know that every time I come to this microphone, I come to just share my heart. That's what I'm here for. And I may be a little rough around the edges at times, and sometimes I get onto the rabbit trails, but know that I do have your best interests in mind every time I come to this microphone. I think we live in a time period where we can't be game players. We can't be taking things lightly. Everything has to be taken very serious because I think we're only going to have one chance at surviving whatever mess is coming our way. And I'm not saying that we might expire, I'm just saying that surviving in a good way, there's lots of ways a person can survive and not be living very well. and. So when I mean survive it, I'm meaning survive it while maintaining a decent standard of living and quality of life. And I do appreciate you tuning in and giving me a listen every time I'm on Truth to Ponder. Well, I hope that the right ears heard the show today. I do appreciate you listening and keep praying for Bob Beerman as he recovers. I would really appreciate that. And speaking of Bob Beerman, I wanna thank Bob for allowing me to speak to his great audience I would ask that you consider donating to Truth to Ponder. That's easy to do. Just go to the website, which is truth2ponder.com. Click on the support tab. Follow the instructions. Or you can send in a check or money order by mail. You would write the checkout to Ancient Word Radio. You would mail to Truth to Ponder, P.O. Box 510, P.O. Box 510, Chill Howie, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E Chill Howie, Virginia. The zip code is 24319. Again, thanks for listening. And until next time, everyone, keep preparing for you and others. Stay strong. Stay safe. Stay positive. And never, ever forget replace fear with faith this has been truth to ponder with bob beerman to find out more visit our website truth the number two and the word ponder.com that's truth the
1: number two ponder.com truth to ponder shining the light of truth in a darkening
0: world